Hello and welcome back to Progressive Mindset. I am Jason Kemsley. And I'm Bradley Monday. And in this episode, we're going to discuss data-driven or gut decisions. And we're going to cover off how much data is enough data before we make those decisions and really help you guide this, this new world we're in, right, with, with this plethora of data and when it's right to just go with your gut feel or um, how much data. It's not the most sexy of topics, is it? But when you, when you strip everything back in business, this is quite a pivotal discussion we're having. It, it possibly doesn't have the importance that it feels like it, it should have in some ways. But I know you're a huge believer in sometimes what the gut can can bring to a decision or making the right move so maybe maybe you're the best person just to, to start with maybe could you give us some definitions we need to go through some definitions uh, right uh, yeah for, for sure let's make sure we're all clear so uh, a data-driven decision is is one that we're taking existing data and we're, we're we're building on it right and we're making decisions on looking at trend lines and and those kind of things really using our data rather than what emotions, we thoughts and feelings yeah, about the future, right? And and that is the gut decision. It's This feels right. Uh, you're, you're looking at places you've never been before. Are we entering into new worlds, new places, that sort of stuff? Is Sometimes you don't have the data. You've got to make gut decisions. Absolutely. And I guess to give a scenario, comes to mind, a new shopping centre is being built. And there's no data on footfall. There's no data on potential customers. There's no data on what it's going to be like or how many people are going to visit. But you're going to take a punt. You want to be one of the first shops in there. And you are just hoping that the, the data then shows it was a good decision. As opposed to, hey, if I'm opening a shop, I want to know how many customers are going to be walking through. I don't want to know what's the average spend in the shopping mall. And that's really the contrast, right? And often the the punt decision is the emotive yeah i want to give this a go i feel like this is going to work and it's never i don't think it's ever done without any data and i guess that's what we're going to dig into on this on this episode is how much data is enough data and i i think it's it's probably fair to say if you've got all the data it's probably already been done. Sure. Yeah, to a certain degree, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be scenario. But the big decisions, if you're entering into a new product uh, or a new, even a new business, the, the shopping centre and creating a new shop in, in that inside shopping centre, is there, there's going to be things you can pull information from. So world example, a real-world example in our world is we open an office in the other side of the world. I think we've mentioned that on the podcast before. There wasn't an awful lot of data. No one had done it in our space up until that point. For sure. And so obviously we knew that there were there were people there and that tech is actually quite big in the country in comparison with some other things. Absolutely. And and we had a, a feel that there was a market there for, for, for what we were doing. So... Yeah, it's a it's a huge roll of the dice. But when I talk about making gut decisions, they're the sorts of things that I'm that I'm talking about. It's it's favouring the bold rather than the. So let me kick this off in where we'll possibly disagree, maybe not. 
I don't believe there is a decision out there that is gut based only. And I I agree with, I agree with that. There's always there is always the the thing is most people don't want to look for it. I think they're scared for what they might find or typically look at data through rose tinted glasses or um, very emotive this is what I want to read from the data. Mm-hmm. There I, I I can't think of a decision that we've made or anyone's made that I've seen or witnessed where there wasn't some data available. And so going back to the shopping scenario, there is data to say the company that built that shopping mall are successful. Every shopping mall they've built has X, you know, retention of shops or whatever. There is data to suggest that there are X number of houses nearby. The roads can cope with X number. I think there always is some data available. And I, I think every decision should use some data. Yep. And I, I've made a note just aside of us. More risk should equal more data is how I feel about this topic. The more risky something is, <laughs> traditionally, and I know this is where you might differ, the more data you should seek to validate that you're not going crazy. <laughs> And this is where we're gonna. This is where we're gonna differ. We've we've reached that point. And uh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Is if there's more data out there, great. But I'm I'm very much a risk focused individual, and I realise that not all of our our listeners, viewers, are, are going to be almost risk first. But I, I I certainly encourage it. If you're about to make a, a decision and all the data isn't there because you're doing groundbreaking things. Look at all the scenarios that are available and really play through, yes, the positives, but also let's run through you know some of the negative examples that are available and, and really model what you're going to do in, in multiple different ways. That's something that I do quite instinctively because of the you know the fear of failure really more than anything else. Absolutely. But it but it gives you a, an understanding as to you what's what's the worst case and we've we've definitely discussed on on other episodes and I think it's worth repeating on this is risk is is something that you you're going to have to take in in business and it's about weighing up that risk and what happens if the worst case scenario yep. and can you afford it yep are you only taking one step backwards rather than 10 or Absolutely. so the big, the biggest thing about what you just said there is evaluating all your options in my role, I have the pleasure of speaking with so many business owners and I I would be a trillionaire if I had a pound every time. Obviously, not literally. I'm just trying to demonstrate a point. But if I saw every time that a business owner chose something and discounted the other options without exploring them. and And what I mean by that is I'm not even in the shopping mall industry and neither are you. I don't know why we're, I'm using this analogy. <laughs> but you see it, it's shiny, it's new. I'm going to discount all of the other ones in the area I could possibly open my shop because that looks cool. That looks that fits my personality. Maybe it's a bit more flashy. Maybe it's more modern. Is It's incredible how many people discount all the options. Is the, the office on the other side of the world piece, worst case if it failed, close the company, made a financial loss of X description, 
but business in the UK continues as normal, roughly. Yep. It's it's incredible, and I, I obviously get to witness it. Oh, there's a shiny new tool out. I'm going to go take it. I want it. It's the new in thing, or what? You know, that can be in your business as well. But we just don't look at every everything that's there. So let's. Let, I'd like to unpack that a little bit more because I think that is that's something that you are affected by more than I take this risk lens and and apply it and it takes a lot of the emotion that I have when making decisions out of it yep because hey I'm looking at it at risk and we're working out do we roll the dice and isn't it, it, isn't it ironic know. on the emotional one out of or the more emotional but I'm more data led that's quite interesting yeah uh, and so uh, thinking aloud, I think the reason that you like to lean on data is because you're the more emotive one and it actually gives you some comfort knowing that the decision is is, is, is definitely the right one. And, and I think that's a, that's a good lesson for anyone listening is maybe understanding yourself is a great way to at least see where your pitfall would be. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've done it. I made an emotive gut-led decision without any data. Or there was some data, I saw the data I wanted to see. And I've done something I never should have really even wasted time or money in in, in the first place. If In hindsight, had I known that about myself, hey, Jason, typically you'll see what you want to see from that data you're looking at. <laughs> I, I possibly could have um, made some wiser decisions in my life. And so what's caused that that change in being more more data driven from an unbiased perspective is that something that you can um, unpack and, and recognize why i'm not i'm not entirely sure if i can i suspect it was the i don't want this to happen again and also to be quite transparent what is the thing that seems to be making the most what is it that these five successful people will have in common Okay. What way do I not play into the perfect scenario? And I, it's possibly a combination of just things you read, things you watch, things you observe. I think we're also, it's also been quite a natural thing. Is Data was around when, when I made the notable error I made. Data has grown significantly since that point. For sure. And so now it's almost a, a no-brainer. I think at the time it's quite ironic. Data wasn't, you know, everything. Now it's obviously worth more than it's the most expensive asset on the world in the world in some way, shape, or form. And I think I've kind of grown on a steady line with that growth. And I, I, I do truly think that there is a blend, but I don't want to make the same error I once made. It's burnt me enough, and we we obviously recorded the episode on fear. I yep. think it instilled enough fear in me that on reflection I was able to see. And I, I you know, we're obviously going to do an episode about failure, but that is super powerful. It's just knowing the type of person you are because I, I need data. Otherwise I'll make some very rash decisions yeah. <laughs> and you've witnessed them. Absolutely. <laughs> and okay. So that's something that's come or organically and looking at others. And you've said to me before about, uh, we, we've got to use data and here's examples of uh, Jeff Bezos and, and, and that sort of stuff of, hey, he talks about just being completely led by data. 
and I'm I'm wondering and I'm wanting us to discuss the period before that because because the man didn't go all oh, right okay this thing I'm creating in my garage to sell books yeah is is going to manifest itself like it looked just a couple of years down down the line right is Absolutely. that has to come from leading with your gut with the minimal data that's available and I, I still want us to keep coming back to hey you're not necessarily going to do groundbreaking things if yeah, you're you can't be busy waiting this, yeah. for the data and and you know going back on to self-reflection majority of the the emotive gut decisions that are made that don't work i would suggest correlate with people that don't don't fully understand the industry or vertical but believe they do and so i suspect jeff bezos in some way shape or form had a rough idea of what the internet was going to be or some sort of prediction or some sort of and then had a gut thing that tied into it then then i assume there must have been some amount of data that so if we go back to a news agent on a high street, and I don't know why I'm using shops <laughs> all day today, maybe I'm hungry. A news agent on a high street 30 years ago. They didn't have data in the form we have it now, but they had data in terms of I can see how many people walk past that road. I think we've always used it in some way, shape or form, but with the nature of the internet's acceleration in the world, it's become hard copy version right yeah um and i'm and i'm not saying i'm not trying to i'm not sat here being being the the voice of 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 the gut decision right i'm definitely not advocating that i'm advocating a nice blend of a the blend two. absolutely and i guess your appetite for risk is that's not something that we can ever decide for for, for the audience i think that's definitely something that you have to decide where your appetite where you are in life for risk is yeah. yeah what are you gonna what are you gonna lose if it all goes wrong and just looking at it I, I guess that's what I'm bringing to and that's a good point when we made that decision the office the other side of the the world there was something to lose but it wasn't everything it was it was a palatable loss I'd like now. to ask you in reflection would you make that same decision today uh, yeah. I mean, but we have data now. <laughs> we, have, we have data now and we, we acknowledge the success of that decision. So maybe that's a good point. It's gut feel is almost imperative at the beginning of a, an immature business. And as the maturity scales, so do the, the amount of data that you use in your decisions. Yeah, so we knew the, the same gut feel was not applied to the, the second office we opened in in another country because there was a lot more data to suggest this is this is the appropriate time absolutely to do that and we had growth trends and all that sort of stuff so yeah i think as your business matures the data allows you to make much easier quicker decisions but we've we've had and we have in the mix currently what i would consider market changing decisions that we will have to do with the same lack of data within our business i think in that we'll be drawing on industry data yep. to to make informed decisions but actually in terms of being able to really dig down into the available data it's not 
it's not ours to dig into if that makes sense so it's not necessarily there for us and i think that comes for most businesses is there's going to be generic industry data that you can draw from but nothing that's going to validate this new cool required thing absolutely it's going to change your market and, and we recorded an episode on business partnerships and other things like that this goes back to how valuable it is to have both sides of the fence mm-hmm. is I might be wrong. You're probably going to disagree with me. There are probably things we've done that I've brought a little bit down to earth that might have been, a, we'd been really shooting for the stars and there might be things that we'd never done if I was just doing it and you've pushed us past. Does that make sense? It, there yeah. must be a nice balance that we've found, which I've, I've never thought about it in this context, but has actually been invaluable. I, and I completely, I completely agree with that. And we mentioned this in that episode where we talk about partnerships. We've also mentioned it prior is you need having someone to to confide in about an idea and discuss it. You need to make sure it's that person that has really good balance with you. Absolutely. And otherwise you'll get people that see the fear and and actually talk you out, talk you out yeah, of yeah. an idea and that gut decision because they need they need the data. Yep. And there have, there have definitely been times where we've made slower decisions because you've wanted more more data to validate the, the piece. I and, think and that can play in good. Yeah, no, bad. we've made yeah. some slow decisions. But then on a marketing front, we've made some very gut-based decisions that have really paid off. So it, we've kind of swung in a bit of a roundabout in that it's, it's kind of all worked. Some things were too slow. Some things were a bit rash that most people wouldn't do. And it, it, it kind of creates quite a nice, um, I think it created a human perspective business. But just to touch, if anyone doesn't have a business partnership, because I'm, con- I'm conscious that we probably sit in the minority, mm-hmm. um, that can be a mentor as well. Mentors are very good in terms of business mentors or business coaches, can be very good at holding you accountable, not on data led or whatever, removing the emotive part of it is, I want to do this, okay. As, as your business coach, what evidence do you have to suggest that's going to work? I don't. I just think it's going to work. It's good to have that someone that is not emotionally involved. And it goes back to the working on the business, not in the business that we've spoken about. No, uh, uh, agreed. And I want to, before we round up the episode, slight tangent, but I really want to talk about the the success of maybe a gut-based decision and being something new okay is it'll be based on the faith you have in in that idea as well will largely contribute to the success of whatever decision you're making is you need to constantly reinforce the fact that you're going to be successful with this decision because if you lead into it going there's not there's not sufficient data here yeah maybe this won't be successful and I realise that's that's a weird thing for me to say because it's, I'm just it's conviction here. in in your idea, right? It's the it's the confidence. It it's like me trying to sell our service to someone. When you believe in it, your conversion rate is significantly higher than when you're just trying to move something. Yeah, and and I realise I've just sat here and talked about and advocated right risk analysis and that those those kind of things is yeah go th- absolutely go through that process and and look at whether this is a right decision. But once you've decided it is you've got yep. to be fully behind it 
because if there's any doubt in your mind, that's the bit that's going to eke away at the success, not not the lack of data. Uh, and uh, the book Think and Grow Rich is it talks a lot about faith. I, it's a it's an old book, but it's is well worth a a read in terms of the power of your mindset. And I think that. And what data what data is there to suggest this book has any validity? Uh, there's loads of examples. There? There's okay. loads of examples <laughs> in the book. Okay, um, and it's it's been around for we a very might long need time. To fact check those. Um, okay, there there was one thing I just wanted to uh, touch upon on this is we talked about the balanced piece. Uh, I think the bit I didn't want to discount is the human brain. The, as the as a human being, my brain has a tendency to, um, and I think it's positive affirmation, and there's lots of other things mm -hmm. related to it. You know, I think, oh, my God, I've just seen a Tesla. And then all I feel like I've seen for the next two days is Teslas because I was thinking of it. And there's many different examples. Yeah. Is, you know, number one, having the conviction in what you're doing. Number two, <laughs> if, if you are leaning towards something, going back to what I was saying about only seeing the data and stuff you want, is I think we have to be conscious about how our brains work and how, so, you know, physically we are wired and that is that we typically favor the things we like and don't favor the things we don't like a lot of our decisions the the other side of the world being a prime example was a slight emotive but um more gut-based decision that was not comfortable and it wasn't it didn't make our lives any easier at the time. Uh, no. And I think I, that, that's what I want to get really sort of dive into is it's, it's usually something that, that your brain isn't going to think of, Hey, that's a good idea. It's going to put me out for six months or it's going to cost hundred thousand pounds. It, it's kind of like the instant gratif gratification, delayed gratification thing is most people don't like the idea of putting something in a bank and waiting 10 years and then getting a big amount. They want it right now. Yep. So, so you basically suggesting that a lot of people use data to find a reason not to do, yeah, or or typically something. lean into something that, or lean away from something. Sorry, because it's uncomfortable, or because it's not, it doesn't feel good, or it's not sexy, or it's. Um, I know you know there's a huge problem in our industry with, I've got X number of people working the business. Okay, but that doesn't really mean anything. Doesn't mean you've got thing. a great business, yeah. Yeah, and so we lean into the one, the ego stats or the ego decisions, and I, I'm, you know, I suffered with that when I made my mistake. So I think it's super prominent for people to be aware of their ego and try and keep it in check with data. With data, and again, going back to what you say, looking at everything. I think your ego is the biggest killer when it comes to gut-based decisions. And I'm completely on on board with that and if sounding like a broken record the idea of analyzing positive and, and negatives and really get that risk piece in there is is a great way to use data and even gut feeling to run through scenarios and and really keep that ego in check okay and i i'd just like to end on a takeaway if possible of course if you're a small business and you don't have the data you need to make a gut-based decision data doesn't mean a report Data could be, I go and speak to someone in that industry and get my idea validated. It could mean that. You don't have to trawl through reports. You don't have to... What, we're what I'm recommending is get some sort of validation 
get some yep. sort of confirmation, but it doesn't have to be spreadsheets. It doesn't have to be a customer list. You just need some sort of data or clarification. And that could be someone in the space that's influential that says, I see legs in that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Or ask the right questions and point out flaws so that you can go and improve them and make them better and, and iterate through the idea, right? On the topic of books, they ask you answer. And there you go. <laughs> and that's us for another episode. Not the most sexy, but we'll be back next week. Thank you for watching. See you on the next one.